Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. We're here for you. Always. And us. We're here really for me. For us. I know. <laughs> to talk books. So excited to talk books today. I'm so excited to announce we have finally, finally what? got a Wyoming listener. <gasps> we did! We had one download in Wyoming. If you haven't heard on our other podcasts, <laughs> We have downloads in every state, and we're two years in now. Yeah, almost two we've years, been doing right? This Are we two a years while. now? Yeah, in I May think next week is two the years. The end of May. The end of May. Maybe start of June. Yeah, so two years in, and we've have we have listeners in all fifty states of the United States, we except have been Wyoming. So Wyoming hard. has been holding out for a long time, and so we've been calling out to our Wyoming friends, or people, or our other friends yeah. to share Do with you Wyoming know someone friends. Someone in Wyoming, and this week was the Tell week. Tell them to download. We had a Wyoming download. One. That is great news. So now, welcome Wyoming. Our country is colored in as far as downloads on That's our statistics. That's pretty amazing. Isn't that fun? I I'm have super excited to one see of it. those maps that you can like. Penny scratch when mm-hmm. you visit. Yes. It's not even close. Well, but we've got listeners. We can change the penny map to listeners and everyone, listeners? and we could scratch all of them off now. I think that's amazing. Woo-hoo. That is so fun. Thank Super you for exciting. Listening. Yeah. Welcome, Wyoming. We're so glad welcome to have you. Welcome to the you. podcast. We've Let's been waiting books. a long time for you. Yes. Welcome. We're glad you're finally here. I know. Today we it's a fifth it's a fifth Monday. It is a fifth Monday. We can do whatever we want on fifth Mondays. So we chose to talk about books. Shocker. <laughs> we were like, I really just have books I want to talk about. Yeah. So you're lucky. You get what's on your shelf. You get extra books to read. This month. Get your pens. I ready. have some really good ones I'm excited to talk about. Me too. But first. First. Our fun fact, our new book that we're going to read is Lessons in Chemistry, and it is by Bonnie Garmus. And mm-hmm. she. this is her first book. She's a new author. And, and she's not young. She's Can not. Can I just she's remind everyone a, that? I love it so much. And we're not saying that, like, she's old. No. No, but no. she's had a whole other career before this. And now she's written her first book, which I think is cool. And when you hear her career, like what she's been in, you'll be like, wait, how did you get here? So I love it. I know me too. It's authors come in all shapes and sizes and they've been in every career field and you can still be an author. I love it. So Bonnie Garmus is a copywriter and creative director who has worked widely in the fields of technology, medicine and education. Wow. Right? She's an open water swimmer, a rower, and mother to two pretty amazing daughters. Born in California and most recently from Seattle, she currently lives in London with her husband and her dog, 99. They just moved to London? I guess so. They're I, like, it doesn't hey, say why. West but, Coast, yeah. United States? No. No, let's, let's go to London go to now. London. So she's currently in London and has a dog named 99. That's a mouthful. I love it. 99. 99. I bet they call them nine for short. Nine. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Why do we both go there? And just the Germans. That's the nine. one it said. Yeah. I anyway. Know. I guess 99. if you know. You know. And she doesn't spell it out. It's like the numeral. It's 99. 99. Yeah. So I have a dog and her name is Stella. And the reason we, I know I've learned later that a lot of people name their dog Stella. And I didn't realize that at the time. But the reason we did it was because I knew I was going to yell at her. Yeah. 
and dogs cause trouble. And I wanted to have a name that I wanted to yell, which Stella, like Stella, like, like you just want to yell Isn't, it. Doesn't he yell Stella in Rocky? Yes. Stella. Yeah, like so worried. I think he's more worried than angry. Or maybe he's yelling Adrian. What is it? Yeah, Why do I Adrian. think Stella? There is a movie Adrian. that says it like okay, Stella. I and I am Modern not- Family, if you watch okay. that show. There's, yes. There's an episode. Well, that dog is named Stella, which oh, I didn't ever didn't put know. two and two together. I didn't remember that. But um, the larger gay guy, I cannot remember his name in the show, the character's name. But he's very I funny. I don't remember. Yes. He's so he's funny. He's a clown, and a farmer. There is an episode where Stella gets lost. Their dog, Stella, gets lost. Uh-huh. And he is so happy to go looking for the dog because he can be like, Stella, like yelling for him to come. And- yeah, and he literally walks around. Anyway, I love it so much. I'm like, that's how I feel when I yell at my dog <laughs> or yell for her to come home because she totally runs away. she runs away. It's like, I needed a name that I wanted to yell. And it's fun to yell. It is fun to yell, Stella. I've never even thought about that. What's fun to yell? Yeah. Hmm. you. I just knew. You knew. That I'm going to yell at this dog. And I want to enjoy it. And it's going it. to be a good name to yell at. And actually, because it's such a fun name to yell, like, you can't really be that mad. Yeah. It's like, that's actually just, a stress some... relief. Yeah. 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 A little that's joy. That's a wayside note. Woo. I don't know how we went there. I don't. Yeah. 99. 99. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I haven't started reading it yet, but um, that's our book for June. Awesome. Which I'm excited and I'm a new excited. author. It's getting great reviews. It is. So I applaud her for her next, this next journey in her career. How mm-hmm. amazing that is, I think. So it's never too late. Never. That's what I, never, never. That's what I learned from her. Right. There might still be a amazing. day where I'm an author. Who knows? I would love that. We'll see. If I ever have time enough to focus on something like that. Right. That's like a long game um, effort. I agree. And I'm like a short This is not term. the chapter in my life right. for, to even give that a thought. But maybe. Yeah. Maybe someday. Totally. So, okay. Well, what's on your shelf? Let me go first? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear the it. The first book I want to talk about today is called The Lost and Found Bookshop by Susan Wiggs. Um, I've seen this. Yes. I have not read this one. It... I just barely realized i pulled it up on goodreads it's a number three. Oh, it's a third in a series apparently, apparently. and i read number three first well now did you feel I'm like you were missing there. out on anything no well there you go i'm very curious about the other ones now that i'm sitting here looking at them i'm gonna have to go back and look for that um in this number three book <laughs> now that we're learning that um, it's the story of a girl, a woman who she's in her 20s. She's getting becoming more established in her career. Um, she very much prefers stability and, you know, a plan. She likes working for a company that has benefits. Um, because in her, when she was growing up, her mother worked at a, her grandfather's bookshop. Okay. And it was, they were always late with their rent and paying things. So that every, money was always tight. Mm-hmm. It was always very, there was a lot of worry about whether they were going to be able to. It was unstable. Yes. And so she did that. And she, in the very beginning of this book, 
She's at a work party and her coworkers do not like her. She's kind of rigid. They, she's very strict. She's good at what she does, but she expects a lot from others. And so they don't like her very much. And she overhears them talking badly about her and it kind of hurts her feelings. And her boyfriend, she kind of feels like lukewarm about him, feels like maybe there's a reason that she should, that means she should break up with him. So she's just feeling like unhappy, Mm -hmm. even though she has everything she wanted and she reached for all of her goals she's reached. She's just not feeling super happy. And she tries to call her mother about her. Her mother was going to come and see her, join her at this party where she was earning a promotion. Mm-hmm. And she, her mother never comes. And it's weird and doesn't know why her mom's not answering the phone, why her mom didn't end up showing. She's not super reliable. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Come to find out both her boyfriend and her mom died in a plane crash. He was Ugh. a pilot and just their plane went down and they both died. The mom's boyfriend? No, no. Her, her boyfriend, boyfriend was flying her, her mother. Uh. Yes. So she's got some conflicting emotions there because she, of course, misses her mother, but she was thinking of breaking up with the boyfriend. So there's lots of things happening there. Her grandfather needs special care. He broke his hip. He's losing oh, his memory. There's things happening. Okay. Yeah. So that's just all at the very, very beginning. And she goes back to help take care of her grandpa and work at the book, the family bookshop. Okay. okay, so everything kind of unfolds from there, and there's a lot going on. The bookshop needs a lot of help. It's run down. Should she stay and take care of that and live or be there and work at the bookshop and try to keep it afloat? Or should she convince her grandpa to sell and move back and do her job? And as they decide what to do, there are immediate needs at the bookshop. So she's fixing it and trying to do what she can to at least keep it to float afloat for a while. Yeah. And it is a really fun story. It's called the lost and found bookshop because <clears throat> they find things like in the walls. This bookshop has been around for a long time and it was in San Francisco and it was there during the big San Francisco fire. But Ooh. because of the way the building was built, it did not it did burn not down. Them. And th- there are things hidden in the walls that people were trying to keep safe or hidden at the time for whatever oh, reason. Wow. And it is a really fun little story. That's fun. It's yeah. super, super fun. I The characters are great. I loved the characters. I thought it was a fun little bookshop story. I love a good bookshop story. Yes. I gave it four stars and I didn't even read one or two. Well, <laughs> I didn't even awesome. know there was a one or two. So I, I really recommend it, especially if you like a good like character story where trying to figure out your next steps. I always like that. I always wonder yeah. what people will choose. And then um, hidden gems from the past. Things hidden in walls. Yes. I love that idea. It is kind of fun. And it yeah. was like, well, what else are you going to find? It was just little super fun. A little piece of history, little a story in a wall. Yeah. That's what that is. And the whole time, the grandpa's like, we can't sell it because my dad always told me that there there's something here. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know what it, what to even look for. Right. And so it was really a fun, and it's a, it's a great little twist at the end. It was fun. Yeah. It's really fun. fun. Yeah. Tell Gave me again the title and author. It's called The Lost and Found Bookshop by Susan Wiggs. Awesome. Who, she's written a gazillion books. Hmm. Yeah, she's written a lot, a lot of books. But this is, I haven't read a lot of them. Fun, fun. But like women's lit, I yeah. think is what she generally writes. Anyway. Cool. 
Yeah. All right. My first one for today is a classic. And for me who loves a good creepy story, a haunting story, I have never read it. So I figured I better hurry and read it. Okay. If I'm that category, if that's my genre. So I read The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Mm. And it this came out in 1959. And when I was reading about the author, about Shirley Jackson, um, she has influenced a lot of other authors that I really like. Um, cool. Mystery writers like Stephen King, Nigel Neal, and Richard Matheson. Just just known in this She's genre kind of one and of the started one first. of the first. Yeah. Cool. So it very much the house. Um, and I always say it wrong. The house of the haunting of Hill house. Um, it reminded me of an Agatha Christie, like, and then there were none, like Ooh. you've got this group of unlikely characters all coming together to this house. Um, it's called Hill house and it's in an old rundown town. And, it, but it used to be, a fancy area and this was a huge mansion that was built and there's a lot of history about this family and the building of this house and now the house is just abandoned and sitting there there is an heir to the house i believe his name's luke and he comes back in at this time but he doesn't live there and doesn't even really want anything to do with the house but the people that live in the village don't want anything to do with this house either. Okay. All these people come to check this house out and they just don't want to be known or just don't. Yeah. Like associated it, with it. Yeah. Like, okay. And they, they don't care. And I think they're kind of irritated by newcomers. They're just kind mm. of small town, old fashioned people. It's like, stay out of our town. Yeah. And here's this house that everyone talks about and comes to see, and they just don't want anything to do with that. Okay. Um, so, all these unlikely characters. It starts with um, a professor who is an occult scholar. So, he kind of studies haunting of things. And he has heard about this place and kind of wants to get together a group of people to help. Like, what is this and what's going on here? And so, he, the only way he can stay at the house is if the uh, an heir of the house, an owner of the house is there with them. So they get this heir who's there, um, Luke. And then there's Theodora, who is his assistant. And then um, Eleanor, who this is the first time she's ever left her town. Like she is such a homely little fragile character. And she all of a sudden just decided she's going to go do something. Like, never had an adventure, never done anything. She's just considered this fragile, soft little person that could not live on her own. Wow. And um, she has a backstory. She has um, history with a poltergeist, supposedly, when Whoa. she was younger. And so, that's, that's why the professor, the doctor, wants her there. Because maybe she has some knowledge of it. But she doesn't even... That's not why she thinks she's there. She oh. just thinks she's being invited and this is going to be such an adventure. So she's there. <laughs> so they all come to this house. And at first, it's just like these creepy, weird, haunting things. And it's kind of exciting, but kind of nerve wracking. And then trying to discover what is it? What's giving this house power? Oh. And what's going on? So it's good. It's a good creep. So it's a good haunting. Sometimes when you, when I read, like an older book, a book mm -hmm. that was written a long time ago. I don't love it as much, honestly, because I feel like writing has come a really long way. Yes. 
And sometimes I get a little bit bored or Mm -hmm. like it can't keep quite keep my attention because now just books are so they've come a long way. And books are way more fast paced now. Yes. And I would agree with that. This is not I mean, this is like an Agatha Christie. So it's a little slower. It's slower. There's in-depth characters that you're really getting to know. And at first, um, which same with and then there were none by Agatha Christie. It's hard to keep all the characters straight and their backstories and what they're yes. bringing to the story. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of that. It is a little bit slower. But, but worth it, it builds slow and then has some good creep. Okay. Yeah. What'd so you give it? I gave this one um, four stars. Awesome. So The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Awesome. It was really good. If you like Agatha Christie, like you're going to like this one. I like a spooky one. If you've read Agatha Christie and not this one yet, because I feel like, why have I not? I've read all of Agatha Christie's and I haven't, and I've heard this one over and over and over again and just never gotten to it. So now I can cross that off my TBR. That's awesome. Yeah. Feels good. I love that. Very good. Um, okay. My next book that I want to talk about is called Better Than Happy, Connecting with Divinity Through Conscious Thinking by Jody Moore. So this is just some, a, a preface. It is a self-help book okay. that has religious like undertones. Like it is tying to, you know, Christ and things like that. So I just, I do want to preface it with that. But I wanted to talk about it because it was so helpful for me. I love a good self-help. Yes. It just like, speaks to you at that moment for the help you need. Yes. Right then. Like, I read exactly. a lot that I'm like, ooh, I wish I'd read this 10 years ago. That would have been helpful. Yes. But when you find okay. the one that's in uh-huh. need of you right, right now. then, what you're going through, I love that. Seriously. And that's exactly yeah. how I felt about it. And I also am talking about it because even with the religious like undertones, it's like tying things to the scriptures. It is, you don't need to worry about that part to get the help out of it. Yeah. If that makes it's sense. It's still applicable. To anyone. To anyone, regardless of yes. your religious stance or not. Absolutely. Okay. So, Jody Moore has a podcast. She's a life coach. Mm-hmm. I have never listened to her podcast, but I believe you do. Yep, I have listened to it in the past, yeah. I don't think, from what I understand, that her podcast is super religious. She references um, typical issues within re- religion. Because she and- is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. And that's specifically the religion she references. Right. And so she she has a lot of followers of that religion. And so there are commonalities of that religion that her her um the like patients her her clients 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 her clients bring up and so she'll talk about those things like when we serve when we're asked to do things at church are how we how you like you read a scripture and how you interpret it and sometimes in all religions a lot of guilt is tied in with it and she really focuses on taking the guilt out of it and just looking at the pure love of Christ and the doctrine and so not much. tying all the emotion into it yeah. and allowing that to guide us through religion. So, so I, anyway, anyway. I, I haven't read the book, but I have listened to her podcast. It's been a while, but yeah, I, I really think want she's, to listen more to the podcast. Yeah. Especially after helpful. this book. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, The main part of this book, for me, my big takeaway, she talks about a lot of things. And the main thing for me was her thought module. 
and I'm not going to do it justice. Like if you want to learn more about it, read the book um, or maybe listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's on there too. But um, it's the idea that there's a situation that's a fact, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever it is that's in our – that the situation that we're in, it just is what it is. But then we have a thought about it. Right. And the thought that we have about it affects the feelings that we have. Then we have a feeling about that thought. Yeah. And then that thought creates – the way that we act, our actions. Mm-hmm. And and it was so helpful for me to think, like, there's a situation that I don't like, right? Like, mm-hmm. maybe I don't get along with a neighbor. Right. That neighbor is the worst or whatever. Yeah. Maybe she never puts her yard toys away. I'm totally making this up. But, like, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. oh, she always leaves them out. And then I have angry feelings towards my neighbor. And then I can't get along with my neighbor. And then every single thing that she does is it's annoying. It's going to irritate you. Yes. Yeah. And then I'm just annoyed for the rest of my day. And I'm so every bugged. Every time you and see And I her, feel yeah. things. Like, every time I pull into my driveway, I might feel something. I don't you know. You have an emotion attached but to I that But I can thought. change my thoughts. Yeah. So then I have a different feeling. Like maybe I'm thinking, oh, look at all the yard things. I, she must be really busy today that she didn't have time to put that away. I wonder what's going on over there that is causing her to be so busy or feel like she couldn't do this little task. Right. Maybe I could help her. Right. Maybe that would be Instead my thought. Instead of going Being straight annoyed. to irritated. Yes. What and I then I have that? feelings of love towards my neighbor rather than annoyance. Right. Anyway, I'm just throwing this one out there. Her examples are 100% better. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I have control over my thoughts. You, uh, Yeah. I feel like in the podcast I've listened of hers, it's so logical. And yes. just hearing her say it goes, I oh. just go, oh, yeah. Yes. I did not have to react that way. Yes. It, no. Yeah. It was just like, Very oh my goodness. Point blank. Like I can change my thoughts and then I'll have a different feeling. And guess what? When I have a different feeling, I feel better. I feel better. And I'm actually like a happier person in general. Unpack it all. It's heavy to carry around those negative thoughts. Yeah, it does. So I've just, I mean, I just recently read it and I've just started like trying to be more aware of my thoughts. And when I have a thought that's negative and unkind or even just like heavy for me i'm like i'm gonna change my thought and Mm -hmm. it takes an effort i'm not saying that like overnight i'm like oh i'm thinking all the good things no it takes such an effort but as i've done it like i feel better like i'm smiling a little bit so immediate yes i was like oh my gosh i feel so good anyway so that's why i really want to talk about it was because i'm like this is so helpful like it feels like a negative world right now Mm-hmm. And maybe someone else just wants to feel lighter. It's hard not to react to everything yes. and not feel yucky right now. Yeah. But we can we can guide our thoughts. We don't have to focus on the yucky. Yeah, they're there. But what can we do about it? Yeah. How, how can, can I we look lighten at, how that How can I thought? change the way I'm looking at this Right. And situation. let's focus on wh- what we can do here and now and where we're at. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was so good. I super, super helpful. I I really do recommend it. I gave it five stars. I loved it so much. It it wasn't like a crazy long. I think that the audiobook is maybe seven hours, six hours. It wasn't super okay. long. And you even if you're listening to the audiobook, which I love when this when they do this, you get to hear her live talking with clients where they're talking about things that they're struggling with and her just quickly, you know, Coaching firing off questions and Really getting to the root of their things. She's very you- fluent at her coaching. Yes. That's amazing. It was just really fun. She I loved it. She just knew how to get people where they needed to yeah. be. Better Than huh. Happy by Jody Moore. 
Awesome. Great yeah. recommendation. Okay, my next one is The Blackbird Girls. I'm so excited about this one. The Blackbird Girls by Anne Blinkman. So good. Okay. I heard about this. I have a friend who's a librarian, and she posted on her Instagram, like, if you're looking for a book, read this one. And I always love her recommendations. And so I I immediately put it on my um my list of books to read, and I am so glad I did. Ooh. I gave it five stars. It's it's really good. It this came out in 2020. Um and it is about um this these two neighbors. They live in an apartment building, and um it is the morning that the nuclear power plant where their fathers worked, Chernobyl, exploded. So this is in Ukraine. And they wake up and they hear this explosion and the sky is red, but nobody's saying anything. And so their moms are just like, well, they haven't said anything. So dad's not home yet, which is unlikely, but maybe they had some stuff to do. Um, go ahead and go to school. So they go about their daily lives because nobody, the government, the city officials, nobody is saying anything. Now, I've heard about Chernobyl. I've heard, I've heard about the name. What but I happened? Tell you the nuclear power plant erupted. I remember hearing something about acid rain because it oh, was yes. trapped up now in the sky, and that. when the rain came down, it brought. Um, the acid with the, it. Yeah, the radioactive. Wow, chemicals. Chemicals down with Ew. it. And it, I mean, I've seen a documentary on the city that this happened in, and it's de- like nobody lives there. It is a ghost town oh because there's still, like, if like you dig up the dirt, there's still radioactive. Yeah, like, so you really can't. It wouldn't live there. be safe to live there, and so it's just abandoned. Like houses, schools, playgrounds, everything's grown over with trees and plants, and it's just sad. It is so oh, sad. It kind of reminded me of Number the Stars, because it 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 happens to these young girls, like they're like 12, 14, maybe 12, 10 years old. They're young, yeah, and so um, it goes through their lives. Like they go to school. They come home from school, mom's up on the roof gardening, and they live in the same apartment building, but their moms are not friends. It also ties in one of the families is Jewish, and the other one is not. And how the one family that was not Jewish looked at the other family, there is still a ton of... A little bit of racism. Oh, or not racism. Yeah, anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. And, it, and World War II is over. This is in the 80s. But it's still very, very strong. They're talking about they're taking all their jobs. They think that the Jewish are better. They have all this money. They, you know, and so they are very, very um, mean to them. And she is not treated well at school because there's not a lot of Jewish people, but she is Jewish. And she has to, like, it starts out that they're having a race in the schoolyard before school one morning. And she's a really good runner, but she knows not to win because of the repercussion of just being Jewish. That, of course, she thinks she's better than everyone and that she runs faster and does everything Same. better. So she, her mom has taught her, you don't stand out. You don't be the best. Don't get 100% on your tests. Just always do oh a little gosh. bit lower to not draw attention to yourself for this ridicule and this. That's really sad. And it's really sad. And then it kind of goes back to um, 
World War Two, and the 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 girl's mom, so the girl's grandma, who she's never met, she suffered through the Holocaust. Oh my god! And through World War Two, and so she is separate from her daughter. So it ties in like. Here we are, two generations away from World War II, two generations away from Hitler, and still, still these Jewish families are suppressed. So we've got that going on along with the government now with this huge disaster. The the families are, you know, the non-Jewish families are like, we trust what the government's telling us. Why would they lead us astray? Well, the Jewish families are going we don't trust anyone. We've been down that road. Oh, oh. We have to. So, but then they're trying to help each other and they're disagreeing because the, the families that want to just, though the government wouldn't lie to us, wouldn't lie to us. And then the Jewish families are like, oh, well, yes, they would. actually, they probably would. And so there's some discontent between that. And what happens is, I mean, it's just eye opening in all levels. I didn't know a lot about this era. I didn't know that there was still such awful feelings towards Jewish. I mean, I knew they were there, but how extreme they are. And within the same generation, you know, two generations later of families who lived through World War II and all of that, and here their grandkids are are doing better, but it's not good. Right. You know, and so so the heartbreak is there. Yeah, I gave it five stars. The Blackbird Girls by Anne Blinkman. I think okay. it's a really good read. Very I just interesting. Put it on hold. Yeah, and it it gave me like I want to know more about what happened with this Chernobyl power plant, and yeah. you know, like there's some documentaries out there, and I've looked at some other historical fictions because it's just it's very interesting, and yeah, I didn't know a lot about it. That is really cool. So it's a great one. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, the last book that I'm going to talk about today is, uh, The Cartographers by Peng Shepard. Okay. I think that's how I pronounce it. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. Um, this is a newer book. Mm-hmm. This book just came out in March of this year. Um, we talked about it as possibly making it yeah. a like a book club book. Yeah. And then it came available and I read it. (laughs) (laughs) So not a book club pick, but I do have it on hold as well because it had a long hold. It would have been a really good good book club book. So I will say that like, if you're looking, if you have a book club and you're looking for books for that, this would be a really good discussion book. Awesome. There are some, there are some fun things that happen in this book that I think could lead to some really good discussions. Um, but I don't want to spoil anything. Uh-huh. So the idea of this book is there's um, Nell Young. She's like 30 years old. She's estranged from her father, who is her only family that she has left in the world. And she's estranged from him because they had they both are cartographers. And uh-huh. she worked under him as an apprentice at this big museum that held maps. Okay. And they had a huge falling out over something seemingly quite silly. It was like a, it was like a gas station map that they sold, you know, thousands of, and her dad just kind of went crazy about it and was like, you need to be fired. And anyways, this crazy thing, you, you know, you're ridiculous and you need to be fired. She never forgave him. 
for just yeah for costing Pride her so much and it sounds like and so they never spoke again and then her father dies okay. and that's kind of where the story really begins and she then because she's been estranged from her father for so long um is learning now more about her father than she ever knew like before her like his college years and he had these friends and they were all cartographers and they had dreams together and mm-hmm. and what actually happened to her mother her mother passed away in a fire she always knew that but the details of that experience she is starting to realize she didn't really know really understand yes and so she's on this mission to figure out this maybe her dad's death wasn't natural um maybe there were other factors at play anyway there's a lot of things what she doesn't know what she doesn't know and the importance of maps now i don't know a lot about like the cartography of maps no not at all i'm sure i said that so wrong i can appreciate a good map oh yes and i think it's very cool but i don't know yes i'm sure the history because maps maps have been around for a and they've been very important yes right like yeah i love this and they ask this question throughout the book and it's what is the purpose of a map and they uh, they have lots of different answers, like different people answer it different ways. And at the end, you get like the real big answer. And I kind love it. It ties it all together. Yeah. And it's so Aww. interesting. And I, I love the way that we look at maps and what is special about maps and what made this weird gas station map so important and yeah. special. The things we just don't think give about. It away, but I'm I, sure. I I thought it was really clever. There was like a couple of parts where I'm like, okay, you didn't need to be quite this long. There was a, you know, kind of some, I was like, come, okay, yes, yes, move along. But other than that, like I gave it four stars. I really enjoyed it. I want someone else to read it so that we can talk about it. I want to talk about it and see how other people felt about it. Anyway, The Cartographers by Ping Shepard. Awesome. It's on Uh, my list. Yeah. It okay. was fun. I'm glad we'll be able to talk about it. Can't wait. <laughs> okay. My last one is Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelley Van Pelt. Super fun cover. It's mm-hmm. bright. It's oceanic. This book, one of the characters in this book is an octopus. Oh. Okay. Which is unique. <laughs> it's a giant Pacific octopus. Like it talks? That lives it narrates, yes. What? And I am one that whenever there is a book where animals narrate, no thank you. Like, no. I don't do, like, I don't do that. Yeah. There are very few, like, if you told me that this octopus was going to narrate, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to listen to an animal tell me a story. It's not realistic. But there's very few in that realm. Mm-hmm. The Rats mm-hmm. of Nim, whatever that book is. I loved The Art of Racing in the Rain that's told from the perspective of a dog. There are very few that pull it off and that I've liked. Right. Okay. And this is one of them. Okay. He is a main character, but it mostly is focusing on um, Teg T- Tova. And she is a widow and she she's lost her. She has one son with her husband and her son 
um, disappeared, died in a questionable, they didn't really ever get full answers. And that was a long ago, but recently her husband has died. And so she's a widow on her own with nobody else. And she cleans this um, aquarium where there is this octopus. And she just in kind of a weird way, you know, she walks in and cleans and she says hi to these animals and hi to this one. And this octopus being very, very smart can get out of his cage. And so she finds him in weird places or she knows he goes into, you know, all over these. She's just kind of learned his behavior and she talks and, you know, she talks to all of them, but specifically this um, octopus she she just has this bond to. And the octopus can only live for so long. So when the octopus oh. narrates, which isn't as much, but every once in a while, you'll get like a couple minutes of the octopus's point of view. Um, he talks in how many days of captivity, like 1,369 days in captivity. And then he'll tell you what he's observed of the cleaner and the owner and different guests that come in. And his observation of the human race, which is super fascinating. Okay. And you learn a little bit about octopuses and how their tentacles work and his, how he got to be in the aquarium. He was a rescue. And um, anyway, there's that. But it mostly focuses on this widow and her deciding what to do now that she's alone in life and she doesn't want to be a burden on anyone and knows she's going to start, you know, her body's going to start breaking down and what's she going to do. And, um, and then there's another character who, um, who shows up and gets a job at this aquarium because he lives with his aunt, his, he never knew who his dad was. His mom left him with his aunt when he was quite young and has never returned. So he doesn't really know. And he's looking for answers. And this is where his mom went to high school went to high school. This is where she was last known to be. And so he's come to this town to find answers. And it's this unlikely friendship. He's 30. He's a 30 year old guy who's never really had, he's lost every job he's ever had. He was in a band, like a heavy metal band. And, but his bandmates have gotten married and are having kids like they're growing up. Yeah. And he's kind of stunted. Sure. Because of these things in his life. And so he gets a job in this aquarium and has this unlikely friendship with this widow. So I love like an old person making a friendship with someone who's younger and showing the guidance. I will tell you that there is such a strong resemblance in this writing. And this is her first book, Shelby Van Pelt with her and Frederick Bachman. Oh, I love him. I kept thinking, has he helped her with this? Like, and so I even Googled like, is there any kind of relation between the two? Because it's such a similar type of writing and similar. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but it very much reminds me of Frederick Bachman's writing. I love that. And I'm excited for I that one. Love, I just loved it. I gave it four stars. Awesome. There were some things that were unlikely, like, sure. you know, like coincidence. I think not. But with that aside... I just really enjoyed, I mean, just unlikely characters, an octopus, an old lady, and a younger man looking for 
the you know what 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 happened to his parents and where he belongs in life and trying to figure it out all come together and it's just it's really sweet it's really fun i really really liked it um remarkably bright creatures by shelby van pelt i gave it four stars i love it that's awesome such good ones this week seriously I love it. This I love like, your recommendations. Four or five stars this yes, week. Same with you. Yeah. What a good this one. This is amazing. You're so glad you listened to today's episode. I bet you episode. are. How could you not be? You're welcome. Keep sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. Oh, this was so like. fun, though. Like, this yeah. is what I'm looking for all of the time. And I as- always need another book to read. I want something to add to my shelf. Yes. I go. I go through books quickly, and so I'm desperate for new books all the time and today Absolutely. i'm like yes woo, yes woo, yes woo. and it's summertime summer is reading yeah life hopefully gets easier for you guys it slows definitely down. slows down for me time for it some time personal to rest read. and reading that yes. goes hand in hand these are for some me. great ones yeah I me too it. thank you please let us know what you're thinking if there's things we should be reading or if you've read something we've talked about we want to hear your thoughts you can find us on instagram and facebook you can email us at this is your book club podcast at gmail.com please rate subscribe share with your friends we love all of our listeners we want more yes please and thank you to amphibious sue for our music and we'll see you next time i'm sarah and i'm jamie and, and this, this is, is your book club, book club.